Since 1973, Tattoo Charlie's has been an established body modification studio in Kentucky. Featuring world-renowned artists and piercers, currently with locations on Preston Highway and in Lexington. A staple point in the tattoo community. Learn more at TattooCharlie's.com. Set up your appointment today at 7904 Preston Highway. Our tattoos are done while you wait. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue. The Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue. And I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. Well, well, well. Devil's Night is upon us again. So we throw a little party, start a bunch of fires, make a little profit. Man has an idea. The idea attracts others, like-minded. The idea expands. The idea becomes an institution. What was the idea? Yeah, that's what's been bothering me, boys. Because I tell you, when I used to think about the idea itself, it put a big old smile on my face. You see, gentlemen, greed is for amateurs. Disorder, chaos, anarchy. Now that's fun. No, I want you to set a fire so goddamn big the gods will notice us again. That's what I'm saying. I want all of you boys to be able to look me straight in the eye one more time and say, are we having fun or what? Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you all for tuning in today. I am your host, Mark Jackson. It's Friday, October 30th, and you're listening to the Metal Forge. Wow. Goat Bong on the show today. Awesome band. I hope you like instrumental tracks because that's what they do. But I've got on good authority that on their new album, they're actually going to have some vocals. And it's Dirty Mike. And he's awesome fucking cat. Rygar, check him out in the archives, came on the show and said, 
you know, hey, you got to check this guy out. He's fucking awesome. He's got this prog instrumental thing, and I think you'll like it. It's pretty fucking epic. So I listened to it, and I was like, holy shit, this is great. So reached out, hey, he's going to be on the show today. But I'm also doing a show tomorrow on Halloween. And you've seen from the posts already that it's going to be Demolition Man Tony Dolan from Venom, Inc., the prime evil era of Venom. Cool fucking cat. More on that tomorrow, though. We'll see when it's going to come out. But yeah, hopefully you all dig the show. I'm going to keep this short and sweet today because I want you all to get into the show, get into the interview, get into the music. Go purchase things from these bands. I put links in every week. Uh, in the descriptions below to where you can you can find these bands Facebooks, their Instagrams, their Bandcamp pages, so on and so forth uh, if they sell on other sites as well. I put that stuff in the description below please check them out go give these people some love especially on the first Fridays of every month until the end of this year so you've only got two more you've got one on Friday the 6th of November and then the first Friday in December Bandcamp waives all their fees and gives all that money directly to the artist so fucking right do that because that's what fucking matters there's all these bands out there that have made millions of dollars and went on crazy fucking tours and then there's these touring bands, you know, that go out on the road in these independent bands that need that money because they can't make that income that they've been missing because of the virus. So seriously, go help these bands out. That's the reason why I feature them on the show. So thank you again to the sponsors, uh, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Tattoo Charlie's, Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards, The Wrestling Steve Show, and hopefully the ones that I'm talking to currently come on. Love you guys. Thank you. So let's get into this right now. This is of Rooks and Ravens from Goat Bong. I come in the name of Stephen Deshane, he of Gilead. I come in the name of Gabrielle Deshane, she of Gilead. I come in the name of Cortland Andrus, he of Gilead. I come in the name of Cuthbert Allgood, he of Gilead. I come in the name of Alan John, he of Gilead. I come in the name of Jenny DeCurry, he of Gilead. I come in the name of Vanny the Wise, he of Gilead. I come in the name of Hacks the Cook, he of Gilead. I come in the name of David the Hawk, he of Gilead in the sky. I come in the name of Susan Delgado, she of Magnus. I come in the name of Jimmy Reed, he of Magnus. I come in the name of Per Callahan, he of Jerusalem's lot and the roads. I come in the name of Ted Rodigan, he of America. I come in the name of Dinky Earnshaw, he of America. I come in the name of Aunt Talitha, she of river crossing, and will lay her cross here as I was bid. I come in the name of Stephen King, he of Norway. I come in the name of Roy, the brave, he of Midworld. I come in the name of Eddie Dean, he of New York. I come in the name of Susanna Dean, she of New York. I come in the name of Jake Chambers, he of New York, whom I call my own true son. I am Roland of Gilead, and I come as myself. You will open to me.
All right, Metalheads, and I am being joined on the line right now from Mike, Dirty Mike, from Goat Bong. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Dude, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, awesome music. Tell everybody out in Metal Forge land about Goat Bong. Well, Goat Bong was a side project that I've had since 2012. I've been in various bands since then. I was in a crossover thrash band called Woman Thrower when I first started it. Uh, now I'm currently playing in, in with Rygar, which y'all heard on the last episode. Rob came and did an interview with for you. Um, Black Jackals as another band that I do, which is like a black rock and roll type band. And Go Barn's kind of been like my 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 respite from all that, you know. Um, it, it's my unfiltered, you know, thoughts and and feelings all amalgamated here in you know, song form. And it's always been an instrumental, but um, this new album. We're going to finally feature some lyrics on it and some vocals from some close, talented friends of mine. Uh, Rob is featured on it. Uh, my girlfriend's featured on it, Velociato. Uh, my good friend uh, Jimmy Espinosa is on it. He, uh, you, you can definitely tell his, his, his is basically the candle mass <laughs> worship song. So, But yeah, Gopong is just kind of an, a, a, an idea of psychedelic and Satanism and depression and just every ill gross thing out there kind of thrown in together so it's pretty epic then is what you're saying it's it's heavy yeah i i kind of i kind of do it a disservice like on doom or something like that because it's not just one genre it uh, i've got reviews from people and they can't you know they can't put their finger on exactly what you know what box i fit into well, and that's the thing, like looking it up on like metal archives and stuff like that, it, it classifies it as instrumental stoner metal. And from the yeah. stuff that I was listening to is it's not stoner, yeah. Yeah, and but there's also it's there's a lot of other elements involved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, as everybody just heard the previous track that we had played, you know, there's more to it than just that. I mean, I, I, I pull from everything. I I just love any type of music. I listen to, you know, outlaw country, to blues, to funk, to soul, uh, everything. So I'll, I'll pull, you know, a chorus from like a Charles Bradley song or I'll, this new album, I think I have a chorus that I pulled from a Simon and Garfunkel song, the same type of mode, melody type thing. So inspiration comes from everywhere. You can't just define yourself by one thing and then hope it's going to do it some type of justice or service to the grand scheme of things. I mean, if you're not pulling things from things you love, I mean, what definitely. And I think being an instrumental artist, you know, exclusively instrumental for the last, you know, eight or so years for you yeah. on this, yeah. that you have to have a wide funnel to be able to do that because you can, yeah. everybody says that there's only so much you can do musically when it comes to, possibly playing something that somebody else has already written and put out. Oh, which yeah, is the truth. Notes, you know, I mean, they, they just, <laughs> they just get off like higher or lower. So everything you've ever done has been done by black Sabbath. You're not going to, you're not going <laughs> to, you're not yes. going to reinvent the wheel. And I, I, I really don't try. I, but I keep a motto, you know, keep it simple, stupid. It's, it's about the fucking feeling that you get from it. It's about the drive of the song. It's not about, technique or anything like that so if you're looking for you know the next thing by melting you better skip this one because it's not on there even though there's some great guitar playing on there i've had i have uh leads from my good friends from uh, black Chapel and, and rygar uh devin wilson and daniel ramos uh lend their 
their talent to all of the leads on the song. So they're amazing. I mean, I, I, I give them the idea of the song and they run with it. So right I, I mean, you'll, you'll hear it in the last song. So. Definitely. You've got two full length albums and two EPs and you're coming out with a new album. When is it due out? Uh, all Goat Bong albums have always come out on Halloween day. Oh, well, so, this one will be so it's coming out tomorrow. Exactly. Woo. Exactly. That's awesome stuff right there. See, aside from the albums right now, we'll come back to that in a second. We'll no cir- circle back around. Do you do everything in the band and then just send it off to people to do, or do you, do you have like a bass player? Do you, uh, stuff like that? Do you have, uh, other people that play on the albums as well? All the instrumentation is, is me. I do all the guitars, all the bass work, all of the, the drum work, keys, everything. And then I have my, I said, Daniel and, and, and Devin, my friends who can do, uh, some way better leads than I can lend their talent. And then I, the only reason I haven't had lyrics is because I can't sing. I can't sing the damn song. So I had to give it to somebody else to do. And I, they did a great job, honestly. So why, why can't you sing? I mean, come on. I mean, I, I mean, the funny thing is I sing for another band, but you know, if you're singing like black rock and roll, all you gotta do is oh, like that type of shit. I can't actually sing, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I, this, I think and I can sing when I'm in the shower or in the car by myself, but then I actually, you know, put the mic in front of me and I sound like shit. Now, funny enough, I'm actually featured on this new album. So yeah, you will get to hear my terrible vocals. Oh, come on now. It can't be worse. <laughs> it can't be, it can't I be know. that bad. There's I, people that put shit out that's worse. Yeah, I've heard it. Sell hundreds of thousands of records. No, I'm just, I guess I'm just being humble here. But yeah, but I actually kick off the album. The first song that's featured, that's on the album, is is me singing. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, I've been kind of just doing sneak peeks here and there, and you know, not trying to reveal too much going on. So this is pretty much a passion project for you. Oh yeah, this 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 comes from worship of you know Italian flasher fix, giallo fix. And Goblin, and it was, you know, that's, that's where my heart was at. Right. What I wanted to do. Why a musician? Why? What makes you play music? What What draws you to music? Man, I've been asking myself that for the last 20 years. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. I remember being a kid, and the first time I, I heard Sabbath, the first time I heard Typo Negative, and I was I was hooked. That feeling of, you know, the, the hairs standing up on your arms when that you hear that riff, I just wanted to create that too. And I'm the type of person is I don't care what it is. I just like the process of creating things. You know, I've written stories. I've done screenplays. I've done music. I just like to create things out of nothing, I guess. Right on. Yeah, uh, I think that a lot of the... Form of, form of alchemy, you know? Right. Something from nothing. Exactly. I think a lot of the people that are born in the 80s you know in the in the early 80s you know when you get to like and i would say early to mid like 80 to 85 the first two bands that they discover when they're at that age when they start really noticing music on their own yeah are kiss and black sabbath yeah i mean mine wasn't kiss i didn't get really fall in love with kids until a little bit later. My first one was Sabbath and Typo Negative. I've been a fan of Typo Negative since I was five years old. Wow. You know, I remember, I remember, I remember specifically getting my allowance and lunch money together to go buy Bloody Kisses from FYE, which really dates me right now. But yeah. (laughs) Right. From the FYE. uh... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But no, it it wasn't FYE. It was Sam Goody's. That's what it was. Wow. Yeah. Even Um... older. 
was it a brand new album when when you bought it, or was it out for a couple yeah, it of was, years? It was no, it was grand spanking new. I was I was ninety one. Yeah, I was five five six years old. I mean, in the nineties, like, we were all mall rats. You know, there was no internet or anything like that. So we just kind of hanged out. And I have a single mom, so I, my older brother took care of me wherever he was hanging out. I was hanging out, and it was usually the mall, the arcade, or a music store or something. So yeah, I specifically remember jamming Bloody Kisses until that tape just got eight. I run the thing till the wheels fell off. Yeah. I just rebought that actually. Oh, that's that's a great album. Oh, very much. I mean that that's when I even though I'll admit I'll skip Christian Woman in Black Number One. I I I never really need to hear those songs ever again in my life. But I mean the fucking album is just a monster. I mean Typo's been one of those bands that's it's it's touched my life in some aspect. You'll hear Typo all over Gopon. For sure. So with this being a passion project, the big question is, can you listen to it without criticizing it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, but that's, that's that's anything that you put out there. When I listen to well, I don't listen to my own music, like I have it on the playlist or something, but I go back and listen to old group on stuff. And you just got to live with it, you know what I mean? It, it's, like a, it's like a bad tattoo, you know what I mean? It, you can't help it. It's it's a part of you now, but you got to make it your own. you got to chapter of real life and that's how i think about gopong it's like journal entries in in points of my life since 2012 i can hear my progress in my playing i can hear my progress in my production value because i produce everything myself right so it's, it's cool right. for me it's, it's like you know going back and reading old you know journal entries for sure but it's also a progression of things and i've said oh, yeah, this on the, i've said this on the show before where using like just as the example metallica yeah you could yeah. you they couldn't have went from master to the black album they had to have something in between there so yeah, it's exactly. a natural progression of things looking at it through like a like a journal entry type setting is very much you know you're watching your progression over the last 8 years your your production yeah. value your songwriting quality everything no exactly right i mean when i listen to those, those old songs it puts me back in that mindset of where i was and what i was thinking what it was about so yeah it's cool for me i mean and it's it's given me an excuse to hone my craft and become a better producer become a better song it's a passion project and also it's you know my my study <laughs> my way of you know keeping my my swords sharp right well it also looks in like the years of release you take some time between all of the, all of this. You're not just cranking stuff out left and right. Mm -hmm. You know, you look no. looks like you've had the the first album that came out in 2012, and then the EP the follow came out in 2015. So you had yeah, some, three years, and then another three years between the next full length. Right, exactly. So now I think the, the last few I have been kind of cranking them out, you know, year by year. But I mean, it, it, to me, it's just whenever the inspiration hits, whenever those risks kind of call to me, whenever I have time too. You know, like I said, I'm always doing something: blackjack, or Rygar, Gilbong, something. Definitely. I always like to keep busy. I, if I don't, I feel complacent. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's you know, you. It's like the shark has to keep moving, or else it dies in the water, right? Yeah, exactly. So same fucking ideology. Definitely. I, I get that 100%. All right, Dirty Mike, hang out for just a second here. I'm going to take a real quick break. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. I really appreciate every last one of you that listens. But before I go any further, I do want to tell you that we do have a Patreon page here. And there's three tiers. There's the Dial and Dirty Dollar tier. 
It's just a buck. Hey, you're not going to miss a buck. Nobody does. Then there's the $5 Showstoppers tier, which you get a patch, stickers, whatever we have that's in that price range. And then there's the $20 a month Master, where you can get a t-shirt, any size, any color of the Metal Forge logo. Fuck yeah. That's awesome stuff. Oh, and by the way, if you donate on there, guess what? You get the show two days in advance from everybody else. Thank you all so much. It's patreon.com slash metalforgeradio. Check it out and donate today. I love you guys. Thank you. So on the aspect of performing, with you playing everything on the albums, is this ever something you're going to want to put a couple of musicians together to do a live show with? I don't think so. Okay. I've, I've, I've been approached with that question a lot over the years. I've been hit up with many bands who are like, oh, you guys are awesome, let's play together. After breaking, hey, it's just me, it's one guy. I mean, I, I've dabbled the thought, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can get the guys together. I mean, if we got a really good offer to play a festival or something major like that, I mean, we're not trying to go and jam the local dive bar with, with a go-pong. It's got to be something special. I would love to do a Halloween show. That would be awesome. Yeah, like a Halloween new album release kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Just jam the whole new album every Halloween or something. <laughs> every few Halloweens, every other one. Hell yeah! See, that would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, if there's the if there's a one and there if there's a drive for it, then I'll make it happen. Well, if people want it, it'll for happen. sure. Because I I love watching bands live, regardless. Yeah, I think it's the the second half of everything. The music is partly the deal. And then the live show is the other aspect, having one and the other, the visual to go with yeah. the audience. I mean, you know, it's, it's why, why the, why would you write music for nobody to hear? Right. Why or, would you write music to see you perform live or perform it? Right. Exactly. So yeah, I totally get that. And I would love to, like I said, I would love to do it, but it's hard it's for one guy to go, okay, this is what I did, you know, seven years ago. I, mean, I got to remember those riffs. You know what I mean? To me, like what I it, to me, go bong is like a ritual. Okay. Every couple of years, I get these songs together, I put them together, and I it, they come into existence and they live, and that's it. I wipe my hands of it. All those old files, I delete everything once I'm done. Oh wow! This new album, once it once it comes out, that's it. There you say it's being set to the torch. So no, I'm not going to go back. So no way to go back there and fiddle with it. You know? Yeah, there you go. Wow. <laughs> it's my own property. Take it or leave it. That's what I mean by, you know, it's a form of alchemy. Right. You're creating something out of nothing. Why would I go back and start, well, I, I could have done this better. Let me switch this. Like, no, there was a time and a place. We're through that. I get that. I, I really do, because I think some of these things that have come out from major artists mm-hmm. really don't need to be touched. Yeah. Like, you hear some remasters, and it's like, this is terrible. I prefer the terrible version back in the 87, you know? Like, Carnivore comes to mind. They remastered all of Carnivore, and it sounds like garbage. Right. And, you know, I'm even on, like, uh, like Fly by Night and stuff like that, you know, Ooh, I don't yeah, really, I don't care for the uh, the remix of, or the remaster of it. I would prefer yeah, the it didn't need to be quality. Both. It, it was a perfect album. Why are you going to go back and try to polish it off more? It doesn't make sense to me. For sure. And so that's why, that's why I'm like, yeah, as soon as the thing's done, I will just delete the entire, you know, project file and it's gone. I can't go back. I can't bring it back and remaster or do this, that, other. So it is what it is. Have you ever had buyer's remorse on doing that? You're like, like a week or so yeah. after the fact, you're like, damn, I wish I shouldn't have done that. 
No, I don't think so. Awesome. It's funny because the first album, uh, what song was it? The first album, I think it's the lost art of bong rips. And <laughs> that first album is like, you know, the long deep or the slow deep and hard of like the typo catalog. It's the one that doesn't make any sense with the rest of it because I was in the mind frame of woman thrower and it was just woman thrower is like a tongue in cheek joke band. Cause it was my, like, how come every thrash band has like the one joke song? Why couldn't we have a band where they're all joke songs? And that was woman. Thrower. <laughs> so that, that, that first album has a lot of like really dumb tongue in cheek type of humor to it. So what I did on that song, I think uh, the opening for uh, Sweet Leaf, where I I think it's Iomi who's coughing over it, and it's like repeated. Yes, I did that same thing with Iomi, but I think I added like dubbed in like a fart noise at the time. So it's very <laughs> it's very like juvenile, dumb stoner jokes, like in the bong so hard you fart, like type of stuff. And then and then I saw like how much like it affected people, and like it was like, oh shit, this is actually something I can actually get behind and. I, I kind of say it now, like shot myself in the foot by naming it Goat Bong, but I think it's took on its own life, its own form now. In my head, Goat Bong is now like a, this ritualistic type of esoteric type of like, you know, joined of the fucking, of the amalgamation of all these like crazy talented people, all the planets line up, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, it, it's, it's become its own beast. But that's why I respect the songs for what they are. I don't go back and try to change them. Goat Bong has took on its own life from this little pet project that I did and started back in 2012 when I was a dipshit and playing in, you know, terrible punk band stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you wouldn't, wouldn't work in say to that, you know? Yeah, I have nothing to add to that, for sure. Right. So on the aspect of in your other bands, you know, yeah. with uh, Black Jackal, previous other bands like the, uh, the Woman Thrower stuff and uh, Cheese mm-hmm. Grater Masturbation. <laughs> I don't know why I'm still listed on Metal Archives for G's Greater Masturbation. That's my buddy, Hellbound Jeff's grind band. And I helped out with bass on maybe two shows. And now it's like forever on that website. So yeah, I always get that like, oh, he was in this tree's greater masturbation. I was like, I played two shows, guy. I was just helping out. Yeah, it says that you're a uh, bass, 2013 to present. To present, yeah. Apparently I still play bass with him. So sorry. <laughs> Present bass player of Cheese Grater, I took your spotlight. Well, the the thing about that is, is they own they're very they're very selective on what types of metal get put on. Apparently, people know about them, but they do not have a page on there because I guess they're grind, and that's not one of their their metal genres that they that they recognize. I get you. <laughs> so I mean, uh, so I don't know much don't about write. that, but as it comes to playing shows. The performing yeah. aspect and the touring aspect. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, venue or city you like to play in? Well, being in Texas, it's hard to get out of Texas. So the majority of shows that we get down here, you know, are all going to be within within Texas. So it takes a day just to get out of here. Right. But that being said, I love Houston. I love playing in Houston. I mean, something about that city that there's just it's filled with maniacs. Oh yeah. And, everybody, and, everybody, every everybody in Houston just it just bleeds metal. Like they, they, they just I don't know. They'll deep dive your ass and they'll check you real quick. <laughs> definitely, like they, they'll pull out some some like you know obscure black metal band from the eighties. Be the first time you heard it. There, that's like their wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I think it starts in the record stores. Even 
Oh yeah, there's yeah. awesome record stores up there. Yeah, like Cactus is amazing. Sound Exchange is awesome. You know, I've yeah, been to those, exchange. and right. they've just got these crazy, crazy scenes in just the music stores of being able to find stuff, and then it translates into the clubs for sure. No, for yeah, exactly. I mean, San Antonio. I, I'm kind of biased. Like you know, I'm from here. There's uh, just as many diehards here in San Antonio. It's funny we have a, a running joke of, of you know, calling everything Beal metal, and Beal to the uninitiated is a Spanish way of saying uncle. So it's your drunken uncle jamming Dio at fucking you know on eleven at three in the morning. That's the type <laughs> of people you'll find in San Antonio. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. That's exactly what it is. I mean that. You know, San Antonio was the metal capital of the world back in the 80s with Halford and, and Iron Maiden and such, you know. Yeah, Halford, whenever he, Halford comes down and plays a show in San Antonio, he still talks about Joe Anthony and KZEP and the golden years of, you know, San Antonio putting me on the map here in the States. So it, it's cool that we still get that little nod and respect, you know. People remember. Well, hell yeah, because it it is epic. I mean, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to, to grow up here that I got to hear shit that nobody knows about, you know, King Diamond and or not King Diamond, sorry, Legs Diamond, and uh, Triumph, and, you know, all the old uh, classic heavy metal and classic rock, whatever you want to call it. That's what I grew up on, really. Definitely. Hell yeah. The scenes there are are pretty packed and pretty good on a normal time, not like what we're fighting right now. Oh, man, people are are chomping at the bit to get back there. I know so many bands, bartenders, who are just, like, ready for this shit to be done and over with. Right. Uh, as as everybody is everywhere, I believe. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, for me, it, it, I I took the time to actually you know put music. So we're we, I did three albums over this year: Go Bong, Rygar, and Black Jackals released their new album. Right on, and yeah, there's so many bands you know that have put together so much new material go to go forward on. And it's awesome. So everybody, you know, until the end of the year, I want to plug this really fast. The first Friday until the end of uh, 2020, Bandcamp is waiving all their fees. So the money goes directly to the artist. So get your asses out there and buy from your independent musicians on Bandcamp because they're the ones that need it the most. Yeah, there's there's touring bands out there who all of their income has stopped. Right, but, absolutely. I mean, Bandcamp Bandcamp rules for that. I mean, ever since I I found out about Bandcamp, I've preached it to every band. You need to be on Bandcamp. You need to be on Bandcamp. Put everything on there, <laughs> merch, everything. Right, because there's so much stuff that you can that you can get, and you know, not be directly from the band. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's just like. There's everything. You can get shirts. You can get uh, patches if they put their merch and stuff on there. Uh, CDs, albums, cassettes. Um, oh, yeah. Everything. And I never thought cassettes would come back, but for some reason, here they are. I, I didn't see it either, but, you know, I'm not I'm not knocking because I have a lot of cassettes from over the years being a kid. Oh, yeah. Like I said, my first typo was on cassette, you know. But now I just primarily, you know, deal with vinyl. Which hopefully I'm trying to do a goat bong vinyl release. We're gonna kind of uh, do some limited edition runs of uh, some cassettes. Um, I'm trying to. A good friend of mine is doing the whole discography, so that's the previous four albums all on one cassette. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna be a very small run, so keep an eye out for that one. Hell yeah, I'll have to pick up that when it comes out. All right, hang out for another minute here, and we'll be right back. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. 
so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. General questions. I like yeah. to ask some of these because this is about, you know, Mike as a person as opposed to right. Mike as the performer, as the the writer, and so on and so forth. So these things are mm -hmm. your opinions on certain things. I get you. First question. Okay, I'm ready. Sabbath or Zeppelin? Oof. Sabbath. Always Sabbath. Zeppelin's, Zeppelin's okay. Zeppelin just got a little bit too, I don't know. Too glitzy for me. I could buy that, and you it's, know it's, where it's, they were it's friends. The first hair metal band, in my opinion. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, mean, I, I can hear, I I can hear everybody they, out they there cringing, you know. Yeah, but, I think yeah, they definitely influenced that I mean, for sure. Sabbath will always trump Zeppelin. Definitely. What's the last thing you watched on YouTube? <laughs> the last thing I watched on YouTube, probably Nuke's Top Five. I'm obsessed with like paranormal, like ghost videos and stuff. Hell Which yeah. again feeds feeds back into you know goat bong and because South Texas is heavy on brujerismo and magic and paranormal stuff. It's a it's it's normal for us down here to go and see a curandero or to get blessed over to stage your house. Like we, there's a heavy heavy magic use here in South Texas. So like I mean that so yeah I, all that stuff feeds into the, my same psyche. Like I love all that paranormal stuff. Right on. Like a lot of. Uh talking about, like, Trey Bruja and stuff like that. Oh, dude, the, the stuff down here, like, I'm third-generation witch. I just never practiced the damn thing. Oh, wow. My great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mom, like, it, it's deep-rooted down here. Like, I, I've heard so many stories about lechuzas and, you know, exorcisms and this, that, and the other. It's nuts. Wow. It's nuts, but... It, that's I guess that's kind of my love for horror and metal. <laughs> that's where it's done from being a kid and hearing the stories of Lechusa and your great grandmother and how she used to, you know, bring them out of the skies by saying the seven truths of the world backwards. And it's nuts, nuts type of shit. That's why I love all that esoteric and magic and paranormal. Like it's, it's my it's how I was raised. <laughs> right on, right on. Denim or leather? Damn, that is a good one. Well, I mean, you can't go wrong with denim. Especially in Texas, yeah. We can't wear too much leather out here in Texas. <laughs> right. I mean, I, you would die. <laughs> I would die. I almost did die. Because in, in Black Jackal, we're decked out in leather and gauntlets and spikes and studs and chains and bullet belts. And so I remember playing in the like, you know, middle of summer, like a hundred plus degrees outside, fully decked out in all this leather. And by the time I was done, I think I had like a good like heat stroke or dehydration. Oh my I remember gosh. just being like, like guys, I I gotta go home. <laughs> I need I need to get somewhere in the shade and like get some water in me. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I think I think I went and had a few beers and came back and was just right back at it. And fuck it, it sucks. What are you gonna do? Life goes on, right? Life goes on, right? It's just a little bit of sweat, just a little bit of blood. Definitely. 
who would be a dream musician you could, you would either want to meet or work with? There's only two musicians I've ever, ever wanted to meet. And I know I would like turn into like a, just a total fangirl crying my, my eyes out. And that's Peter Steele and, and Lemmy. That's it. Wow. All my bass players are dead basses. I mean, all my favorite artists are dead bass players. I, I, I dig that. And both of them are both remarkable in their in their respects for sure to me it's like not only are they amazing musicians but they're amazing just lyricists oh yeah like the peter Steele lyrics is still making me laugh like it's the most personal self-deprecating tongue-in-cheek type of humor and i fucking love it and same thing with like let me it, it's just all sexual innuendos <laughs> that's why i love zz top you know you, you know, they'll never get sick of that oh nef- definitely not it, they're it's funny all... enough, that was that was that's Lemmy's answer to that question. If Lemmy can play with any band, it's ZZ Top. Oh, for sure, I could totally see that. And mm-hmm. he said that a few times. He said if there was any band that he could, you know, join or sit in on, it would be fucking ZZ Top. Which yeah. I don't blame him. You know, and I don't think I could. I don't, I don't think I could even produce a note if I was in the same room as the rest of the members. Of ZZ Top. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> like Dusty Hill. Oh fuck. Right. It's just like, it's like, fuck. Which, man, I miss concerts. I remember, I saw them twice in 2019 in a weekend. Saw them in, in Dallas. Saw them in Austin the next day. Goddamn. They, they put on an amazing show. They're on the bucket list for me. I've never seen ZZ Top Live. No? Oh, my God. You will see so many fucking cougars and weekend warriors, but it's the greatest experience <laughs> ever. Definitely. What is your biggest fear? Oh, shit. My biggest fear, you know, I'm fucking terrified of height. I'm I'm to the point where if I'm in like a three story, two story mall and I look up at the skylights, I will get work vertigo. I I cannot handle height. Oh wow, you know that's not uncommon, but I have to be way. I know it's the obvious one, right? No, some people said chihuahuas. I mean, no, I'm kidding. Chihuahuas? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not annoyed. I don't know about fear, but heights. Yeah, I'm not a. I have to work myself into flying places <laughs> so because i know that's yeah. like the the most irrational thing of it's like okay well you're gonna fly somewhere it's like but i'm afraid of heights it's like well then why the fuck are you flying somewhere <laughs> <laughs> you know you're 30 you like feet that. up <laughs> you could be like john madden and just take a train everywhere you go right most underrated in your opinion three categories either a musician okay. an actor or a sports team, most underrated. Honestly, not a sports fan at all. That, that's a that's a good mark of a good musician. <laughs> You're not interested in that shit, right? But to me, most underrated actor, Harvey Keitel. Okay. Harvey Keitel is like one of my favorite actors ever. He can he can read the fucking phone book, and I would be interested. Like <laughs> I, I don't sure. know if you've ever seen uh, Last Temptation of Christ. No, but it's uh it's okay. I'm not a like religious or person at all, but this is one of my favorite movies ever. It's um, William Defoe as Jesus, right, and Harvey Keitel as Judas, and just them two on screen, just chewing up the scenery, is just amazing to watch. It's fucking awesome. You gotta watch that movie. It's one of my favorites. I always, I always push that movie on every. Right on. Yeah, I will definitely check it out for sure. Uh, yeah, Harvey Keitel, he's the man. He he, he can do no wrong. Chilling. Also, you know what? I'm going to oh. throw in Franco Nero, too. I'm sorry if I had to, because I'm a huge fucking uh, Spaghetti Western fan, and Franco Nero 
does not get enough respect. He's up there with Clint Eastwood to me. Right, definitely for sure. Yeah, the original Django, Kioma, like, come on. Chili, beans or no beans? <laughs> I don't mind. Either or. I'm fine with either one. As long as it's spicy. I don't I don't fuck with your, you know, mild fucking city slicker chili. I need that shit hot. Hell yes. It's funny enough, we were uh, we made a bunch of hot wings last night. So um, I think there was ghost peppers being slung around, habanero. Uh, we put the last dab from hot ones on a few. So yeah, we enjoy yeah. things pretty much. Oh yeah. What an awesome concept for an interview. Yeah, let me put you through this torture rack of an interview and expect you to like come out with something coherent. Right. I, I love the Gordon Ramsay episode. Because he's like, <laughs> well, well, these are bloody awful. <laughs> he's, critiquing, he's not critiquing the sauce. He's cr- critiquing the cook on the chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so good. Honestly, that's my biggest gripe, too. If it's going to be spicy, it better be tasty. If right. there's just heat, then there's no point. It, it's like heat and taste like cardboard. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, it's got to be tasty. What is a new skill you're currently learning? A new skill? I'm actually uh, becoming a financial consultant. Yeah, time to be a dad. Put on my dad hat and my adult role real quick. Uh, Yeah, I'm actually learning to be a financial consultant and trying to be an underwriter for insurance companies. Hell yeah. I know, right? I would have expected. You're going to take off the the blazer one day and it's just going to be the battle vest underneath and you're going to be... No, don't get me wrong. I don't, think, I don't think I could ever go for, like, you know, blazer or anything like that. <laughs> right. But, yeah. yeah. Make, a bat, uh, make a battle blazer. There you go. That's an idea. And you could, so I, got, I got four I got four battle vests now, so what's, what's a fifth blazer going to do? Right. I, I, I just thought of the million-dollar idea. It's called invest, yeah. invest in metal. <laughs> there it is. The financial group... Specifically for metalheads who are terrible with money. <laughs> yes. See. <laughs> so, why did you really need to buy that third reissue of of Metallica? <laughs> <laughs> How many of the same album do you need? Oh gosh! And I have like three <laughs> copies on CD. <laughs> you ready? <already, laughs> you know, I'm, I'd knock it, but I'm I'm probably going to end up doing the same thing. I have a carnivore like first that I have up on my wall that I've never played. And like, I eventually want to hear that vinyl and I'll probably buy the, the reissue or something eventually. Hell yeah. I saw a, uh, I was at a record store just the other day and I saw an original first pressing of Corrosion's first album still sealed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nope. See, yeah. That's how I got this carnivore. My friend who works down at Hogwild, uh, they've been, they've been around since the you know, early eighties, I think or mid-80s, and uh, he opened an old box in the back, and first thing he came across was this, you know, unopened, still sealed, still with a height sticker from Roadrunner, you know, Carnivore and shit, and he first person he thought it was me, because he knows I'm obsessed with anything Peter Steele. Right, and he was just like, oh, hey, by the way, it's like yeah. fi- it's like 500 bucks. <laughs> no, he gave me a great deal. I won't say it now, but he gave me a pretty good deal. Hell yeah, man. That's super cool. So I do have one more question, but before sure. uh, before I ask it, do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody? Oh, man. Um, everybody who's helping with this album. Velicity Auto, my girlfriend, she's all over it. Jimmy Espinosa, he helped me out. He was one of the first pe- persons I asked to help me. Uh, Daniel Ramos, um, fucking Devin Wilson, 
Who else, my friend? Rob, Rob Rygar. Everybody knows him already. Kyle, Kyle Burton. Kyle's a, my bass player from Black Jaguar. He's helped me a lot. I mean, all of San Antonio, you know, metal scene, really. Everybody's got my back with any endeavor I kind of do. I'm going to have to come down and, and actually take, like, the week vacation once all this is uh, over and shit to mm-hmm. see like Rygar and all these other bands and, and actually get to experience a lot of the San Antonio stuff. Hell yeah. Come down here. You'll, you'll, we're really quick to turn to our friends and family. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. And that's what it's all about is about the, the, yeah. the metal familyhood, not just a brotherhood, it's sisterhood. It's family at this point. Any touring band that comes down in San Antonio, they always got like a place to stay at somebody's house and there's always somebody cooking barbecue for them. Hell yeah, yeah. Hell it's yeah. awesome. It, it's an awesome community down here. And Definitely. You, when, for a lot of people, once you come in, you don't want to leave. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. The food's good. The music's good. Why the hell do I leave? Right. The heat. The, the heat. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You, yeah, you I, don't I really have a come down from Washington. Yeah, I had friends come down to Washington. They they practically melted in the summertime. Oh, I guarantee it because it doesn't get crazy hot there either, and there's a lot of rain days up there. So. Oh yeah, and how? Do yeah, you, I mean, if once the ship's done, come down to San Antonio. I'm telling you, love it. Hell yeah! How do people uh, get a hold of you to buy music, buy merch, so on and so forth? Well, all the uh, Good Bond releases and merch is always going to be on Bandcamp. Eventually, we're going to, like I said, going to do a cassette release of the complete, you know, previous four discography, and then we're going to do a separate release for this fifth album. Um, everything's on Bandcamp.com, GoatBond.Bandcamp.com. Very easy. Um, all of our music is streaming. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, a- anywhere. Hell and that's yeah. the same for, for Rygar and for, for Black Jackal, too. Our music's everywhere. You've got to look for it. Definitely. And I will be posting links in the description right below. So, you know, as you're listening to this, scroll down and, and see these links and go go buy some some awesome tunes. Yep, exactly. And also, since we're listening to here on the uh, Paul Hollow's Eve. We're going to premiere the album over on Death Fetish's uh, YouTube channel. That's Death Fetish. So they uh, put out a bunch of underground psychedelic music. So I was like, oh, this is the perfect avenue to you know premiere it. Hell yeah. And we'll be posting a link to that as well. Yeah. So the final question I have, what do you invest too much time into? Music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, anything. Like I say, I just like creating things. So... Uh, if I don't, if I start a project and I don't finish it, it keeps me up at night. I dwell on it. I have anxiety. Like I, I wrote a uh, recently wrote like a little uh, short story, like a little novella, and I had put it off for years and years. And I was like, I gotta finish it. It's gotta be done. I gotta get it off my shoulders. And as soon as I finished that, I joined Rygar and started doing a new album. It's like shit. The, it, the fun never ends. Like there's always a project that starts as soon as another one ends. Um, I invest too much time in everything. Right on. But I mean, as you say, as soon as something ends, you're back into something else, which is, you know, super cool because there's some people that need to do that, I think. Yeah. I bug a lot of my people who are way more talented than me who just sit on their hands constantly. I'm like, what are you doing? If I can do it, if I'm five releases in, you know, what are you doing? Like, there's no excuse. Right. Uh, It can be dry. I think it's a matter of drive. I think it could be like not necessarily being lazy or being super motivated or anything like that. It's just, you know, sometimes you need the break, but you know, 
sometimes. <laughs> I tell I tell my dad way too often. You need a break. You need to stop for a minute, but I never do. I can't. Right on. But I mean, hey, you're putting out awesome material, so that's what matters. I appreciate. It. So, speaking of speaking of awesome material, we're going to debut a new song. There you go. So what? I hope y'all enjoy this destroyer of worlds. All right. This one is uh, this one's featuring my girlfriend Lucy Otto, and uh, I just did an amazing job. I've been bugging her to do vocals for so long, and she finally cracked, and now I think she regrets it more than me. Well, hell yeah. So you heard it here. This is Destroyer of Worlds from Goat Bong, First Look. I remember the line from the end of Scripture, Bhagavad Gita. Vishnu is trying to persuade the prince that he should do his duty. And to impress him, he looks on his multi-armed form and says, Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I suppose we all thought that one way or another.
How to Vote is a tool created by Democracy Works. It breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. Because voting isn't always about going to the polls on Election Day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are more available to voters these days and growing in popularity. Democracy works best when we all vote, but misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in low voter turnout. How to Vote is a tool created by Democracy Works, and it takes the guesswork out of the voting process. Some of the things you can do with How to Vote is sign up for your election reminders, see what's on your ballot, get step-by-step assistance in requesting your mail-in ballot, check for voter registration status, Find your polling site and make sure you have the appropriate identification. Decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. Musicians rejoice. Confused with all the modern and technical pedal board selections? Look no further. Kentucky Hot Brown Pedal Boards offer their homemade wooden and custom pedal boards for guitarists and bassists alike. Established in 2013, KYHBPB has helped support not only the local Louisville scene, but a large array of big and small players from across the entire country. More info can be found at KentuckyPedalBoards.com. Everything you've ever done has been done by Black Sabbath. 